last night I did an external hip stretch where I got down and I and I kind of like rolled. Okay. And you know, what do you call that when you crack your spine or what is that called? Pop crack. Yeah. What do I you mean, say when you tell somebody? It's a, it's a joint mobe. It's you're you're mobilizing that joint. So so something in there is moving. Some and some of the pop can be just fluid. So sometimes it's not that the joint actually moves. It, it can be fluid that you hear pop. Okay, so but uh, I, I was thinking of when you crack your back. That's yeah, what I was thinking of. Yeah. But anyway, I felt that, and all my pain went away. Hmm. And I laid there, and I'm like rubbing on my quad. Yeah. And when I'm I'm not exaggerating. Where five minutes before, it was pain to the Sorry, touch. Yeah. And then when I felt that, I was just like, dang it, like. And, I, and I, it got a little tighter this morning, but still okay. nowhere near. Okay. And I know sitting like this, it's going to tighten up again. Yep. But I felt something. Release. Release yeah. in there. Yeah. And and it could just be a little bit of fluid in there, Chad, that was putting pressure on a nerve, you know, not necessarily at the spine, but somewhere down the link, you know, and, and just that release got it. Some, sometimes it's positional. I think that's why I was saying it wasn't sciatic as much as it was just being tight because putting compression on that nerve will irritate it so yeah so i think that <clears throat> just a little bit of release on fluid or whether it was a joint or whatever it freaking way better it's way better yeah and and sometimes that's you know it's just the movement stuff right some some people get so stiff they're used to not moving ever and that's so problematic um all right, I know that you got uh, some topic points today to continue off our, our last conversation. Um, we were talking a little bit about youth and mm -hmm. sports, and I got one question, though, before we get into that. Deal. Body fat. Okay. Ex-athlete, 40s. Like, there's a ton of ex-athletes in their 40s. Yep. Tom Brady just retired. Tom Brady is a machine. He's yep. probably going to be in great shape the rest of his life. He's got a big time discipline. He's probably not going to be where he is at playing shape the rest of his life, but maybe he will with his mentality. I don't know. But what is normal? What is unhealthy? What is healthy? I had a DEXA scan. I was yep. at 22.7% body fat. People say that's not bad. It just sounds high because I'm used to being around all these fighters and these UFC yeah. guys and these wrestlers, and they're at like you know, anywhere from 10 to 15%. And yep. sometimes they get down to seven or eight when they cut weight, which is not healthy, I wouldn't think. But it's not bad there. It's not bad. It's not bad. So mm. to stay at 8% would be, uh, is that doable as a 40-year-old? It's pretty tough as a 40-year-old. So when you, when you, the biggest thing there, Chad, is, is when you look at those charts, it changes as you age, right? So, so every three or four years, it goes up a little bit. And, and the reason being is they... Probably when they put those charts together, it's kind of like it's kind of like some of the heart rate stuff where they said, "Hey, we we just came up with that formula to put you in the ballpark." It's not direct science, but anyway, these categories will travel as you age, probably because they figure you're going to hold a little bit more body fat, you're going to drop a little bit of lean tissue. So, ultimately, for a male, you can get down to about three to four percent. And at that point, it's there's some risk factors with it. So, so most of your football guys aren't going to be anywhere below five. You might get a DB or receiver who's hanging around five, you know. And just just because you know they're, you know, I say every athlete's different. They're they're like your cheetah, right? So they, they don't need a whole lot of body fat on them. 
your linemen are putting it on because they're they're getting physically taxed all the time. So it's nice to have a little extra body armor and and a little fat on you that's going to protect, right? So five for for guys and females. Anything below eight nine starts to get risky. But I even I even tell females don't go below twelve thirteen because that's when they start to lose their normal cycle changes there you know you know they're getting so lean that their body processes change they don't have the fat there to to do their normal female cycle that's problematic and so if you got a young runner gymnast that's a problem for down the road they may not be able to have kids i know a couple of ladies that feel like that's why they couldn't have kids for somebody in their 40s ultimately being really good is going to be between 12 and 16 percent so right off the bat, that's that's going to be your excellent category. Right around the 20s is good. If it starts to get, you know, mid-20s, upper 20s, then that's where you get bad and, and have problems. Females, it's a little different. Females uh, around that low 20, you know, 18 to 20 is excellent. And then it goes down from there. So if you get into that, of course, if you get 30%, there's some problems. And it kind of goes to what I was going to say one of the things they were just saying, so for longevity, and I didn't know these were such big factors, but maintaining your strength or lean body mass into your later years is one of the biggest things for longevity. It's like it's like three times some of the risk factors. So it's like a 400% uh, increase in longevity if you maintain your lean tissue. Longevity meaning lifespan? Lifespan, yeah, just being, <clears throat> being able to last longer. And then the other one that goes with that, and these these basically trump the risk factors like high blood pressure, um, smoking, uh, type two diabetes. Now, of course, I think I think if you add two or three of those factors, you kind of multiply them together. You don't just add them up. So you have a couple of those risk factors, and it gets really bad. But the other one is VO two max, and VO two max is kind of a oxygen uptake utilization. <laughs> situation so like we'll test our endurance runners or our bikers if they have really good vo2 maxes or if you maintain a really good vo2 max that increases your longevity so maintaining lean tissue or strength and vo2 max really increase your longevity more than some of the other risk factors work against it so when you're talking about longevity and you're in your you always say well you have a good base yep yep um Let's just stick on the 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 body fat. Well, yeah, that and and the sport of football. Like you mentioned, linemen. Well, I've seen a lot of linemen after their retirement or their playing days are over to where that that mindset of well, I can carry this much fat. Mm-hmm. I don't even know when it became in football to where linemen could have big bellies or any of that because they are in the trenches. They're getting. I mean, they get so many head injuries or concussions yep. down there and brain trauma because yep. they're getting clawed every play. But they are bigger. They got. They can't be moved around. They're opening up holes. They got their jobs to do. I get that. But a lot of linemen get really big after retirement. Yeah. I mean, and this might not be true for the today's football player because they're built different than they were a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a good base, can you carry that? that fat, that, that big gut on you and still have that longevity just because you have the muscle tissue in the base? No, I, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at both sides of that spectrum, right? You, right. For them ultimately, and it's really hard for some of those guys, Chad, right? They hit, they hit college and they weigh 220 and you know, they're, they're six, six and, and they're a little heavy, but you know, they haven't filled out yet. So 
all they're doing is learning to eat thousands of calories a day, right? They're going, they're going, get to the buffet as often as you can. So they're just, it's not healthy what they're doing, right? When right. it comes to nutrition, some of what they're doing isn't healthy, but you know, for them, it's, that's their job. That's where they're going to play. They're, they're making some money to go to school, get a scholarship, you know, hopefully get educated, but they get into that long-term. That's what they know. I, every time I hit food, I've got to go at it as much as I can so I can put this weight on. So, and then they come out, you know, they're 300 pounds when they're a senior, they're six, five, 300 pounds. And, and probably a decent percentage of that is body fat. So now if their body fat gets up, let's say their lean tissue is really high, but they're still carrying, they're at 32, 34% body fat. Those are bad numbers, right? They're in that unhealthy range. So ultimately, and there's some guys who do a really good job. You know, you look at the, you watch the pregame show and you got, these guys were both defensive linemen, but you got Howie Long and Michael Strahan, right? Who, who have really converted themselves, probably maintained most of their lean tissue. They both look good. I don't know where their body fat is, but they're probably, they're maybe between 15 and 20, low 20s, right? For both of them, they're pretty lean. Um, big guys, but they've dropped their body fat down. So that's pretty healthy. Some of those guys who go the other way, don't lift anymore, their body fat, if they're not lifting, right? Their lean tissue's probably dropping off. If their weight's the same, their body fat's going up, right? That's changing. That's un- that's extremely unhealthy. So those guys definitely need to learn to change their diet and, and go the other route, right? So yeah, I mean, I love my is... mom and dad, but I truly wish I was in Howie Long's genetic line. <laughs> like, have you seen his kids and his the football playing sons? Yes. And, like yeah. holy geez, yeah. like they look like well, Fabio and that, Conan. Like, yeah, that I actually walked up when I we were down in L.A. and I walked up preseason in the tunnel and and they basically entered the same tunnel they have the same tunnel for visitor and and home locker room and i look over and i'm like holy shit i mean he was just you know he's got his full uni on but i look over and i'm maybe looking at his chest high and he was just enormous howie when you were with the niners yeah yeah, just huge he was such a guy he's still a stud and you know that whole deal with strahan being you know, he's all over Good Morning America, yeah. and he was on the Kelly Ripa deal with her for a while, and then he's the Fox and the analyst. Mm-hmm. Like, aesthetics play a big role in that in that that game, I think. Definitely. But there's also been guys like the guy that just passed away. You know, I'd like to know how Tony – was it Tony Saguso? Big personality, oh, yeah, yeah, big yeah. lineman. He yeah. always stayed big after yeah. his playing career, but he was on the sidelines commentating, but he mm-hmm. had that vibrant personality to where it was almost like – I don't know if it was is extreme, but like you get into this role player of like that's who they want him to be, the fat, funny guy, like Chris Farley. Yeah, he couldn't get out yeah. of that role, whether yeah. it was Tommy Boy or his Saturday Night Live skits or Black Sheep. He was always that overdoing it. I'm proud to be fat. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna show off my gut. But then he dies at 36 or 40. Right. right. And, and Tony Saguso was young. Yeah. So I'd like yeah. to know, like, was it overweight? Was it a heart condition carrying too much weight? Because uh, the other thing is, is like my dad died of a heart attack. Genetically, he he was disposed as far as, is that what it's called? Genetically disposed? Like where you uh, carry? Predisposed. Predisposed. Sorry. Predisposed. Um, you can tell I don't have a medical degree. <laughs> you don't have to. But uh, the, where I'm going with that is my dad was a fluctuator. He would go to the gym and he'd like go to a, a new, and then when he passed, he was in the best shape of his life. Okay. But he was a dessert guy. He was a, you know, back then it was, you eat all the, everything on your plate. That's how we learn. You, yeah. you don't leave the table until you clean up your plate, no matter what's on it. But then the Atkins diet came in and he got on that. And then the fin fin deal came into yeah. where the, 
the pill yeah, and all yeah. that, which a lot of lawsuits came out of that, that which could have, could have messed up my dad's heart. Yeah. Um, but fluctuation, talk to me about that, Rob, as far as you see these guys that do these deep dives of like, oh, I'm going to get way down low. The yo-yo. Whether it's your VO2 or whether it's your body fat or your body mass index or yeah. whatever it is. But then all of a sudden they start eating like a human again yeah. and they gain 30 more pounds. And then they're like, well, I got to crash diet again. Then they go back up again. How is, 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 is fluctuation healthy? Worse. Worse. It's, it's worse for you. So, so your body, we've talked about this before. Your body likes homeostasis, right? Homeostasis means same state. Everything is functioning right and, and working well. Um, and we talked about this just the other day in the gym. I think some of those bodybuilders who will put on 40 pounds of weight, and, and, and most of that is not lean tissue, right? We, we just know it isn't. So they'll put on 40 pounds because their ultimate goal, let's say they're 210, right? So they put on 40 pounds, they get up to 250, and that's time for another show. They're cutting weight and they get to 212. Ultimately, their goal with that whole big weight gain was to put on a couple pounds of lean, you know? So that cycle is extremely hard on the body. So you're putting on all that weight, you're making your organs, your heart, your kidney filter, your liver has to work harder when you're going through that cycle and then you drop it back the other way. And that's an extreme on both ends. So that extreme on both ends is really hard. I really personally, and I'm no bodybuilder, I've never put myself through that challenge, which I think is, is a very uh, rigorous challenge on both ends. Um, but I think they could do it better. I think they could go through just that, hey, I'm going to only gain five pounds. And I'm hoping when I switch back the other way that I drop three pounds. And in that transfer, I gain two pounds of lean. It's not this 40 pound influx of weight and dropping 38 to hopefully get a net two of, of lean tissue. Because some of these guys, I was just listening to a podcast, they get to such a point, Chad, that it's putting on an extra pound or two of lean is nearly impossible, right? I mean, it's just that hard versus if you're somebody who's never done it before, putting on a pound or two of lean is pretty easy for the body, right? They're, they're, they're basically just changing that tissue. It's pretty easy. But when you get to that extreme, you're at the 95th percentile, gaining a pound of lean is, is very tough. The, you know, there's really hard for the body to go there. So, those things that that fluctuation and whether it's it's that bodybuilder or if it's just somebody who gets gets lean for the summer to get in their bathing suit and then in the winter they're like ah, who cares i'm covered up all the time i'm gonna gain 30 pounds and then goes back down those on either end of that spectrum that's bad because so you're that, probably not worse. gaining lean in that 30 pounds you're gaining you're, yeah that. well and, and one of the things we used to talk about so often with people who yo-yo diet or calorie restrict or just are trying to cut weight is a lot of times they lose their lean tissue, you know? So when you're cutting weight, when you're cutting water, when you're trying to lose weight, a lot of times people, if they're just losing weight, they're losing their lean. So we'll do and measure their body fat and go, okay, I don't want you to drop any lean. Your goal is to just drop body fat because ultimately it's, if we do a little competition, it's not who can lose the most weight because we know they lose 10 pounds, four or five of that might be lean. And then when they start to gain weight again, they're not going to gain lean tissue, right? So let's say they, they lose 10 pounds. We measure them. They look great. They probably lose five pounds of lean. They gain 10 pounds. Are they gaining 10 pounds of, or five pounds of lean? Probably not. They're probably just putting weight on. So every time they do that, Chad, 
they're taking away from their lean tissue base, which we just mentioned earlier in the podcast is something that you want to maintain as you age. You want to maintain your lean base. You want to maintain your strength. And if every time they diet every year, they do that, they're probably cutting into their lean tissue a couple of pounds. And so now they're 40 and not 30 and they're down 15 pounds of lean because every year they try and diet and just lose weight. They don't know what where that weight's coming from. A lot of times it's coming from their base. So that's a great transition into my next thought was, I'm getting very happy with me aesthetically and my face right now. Okay. But I want better abs and I want some fat off of my chest. I feel my legs are in pretty good shape. Yep. Where I'm going with this, Rob, is there was that old adage or that saying, muscle weighs more than fat, which you're talking about it a does. good base. Um, what does that mean? And I want you to parlay it into... Like when I go on the road and I, and I don't have my routine, I gain weight. Mm-hmm. But then when I get it, it doesn't take me long to lose a, you know, that first 10 pounds. Yeah. Why is it always harder if you have more muscle burning calories and, you ha- and muscle weighs more than fat? And so that's why your body weight might be higher than you think it should be. Yeah. Um, but you get down 10 pounds, but then that second 10 pounds becomes harder. And then the five pounds after that becomes even harder. Why is that? If muscle weighs more than fat and you have a good base and you have that much lean tissue, mm-hmm. why does it get harder to lose the fat or the weight when you start to get past that for that initial 10 pounds? I, I think there's a few things. And, and one of them, again, goes back to homeostasis, right? So, so I think we've talked about this before, Chad. Once your body likes a state, whatever it is. And, and sometimes it may not even be a healthy state, right? But your, your body's used to a certain weight. Things are functioning, maybe not perfectly, you know, depending on you get your blood work done and we see some different markers there that might be problematic, but your body is, is functioning. So you learn to eat a certain way, you do your certain activity, you know, whatever it may be, that's normal. Okay. That becomes your normal area. So for you, let's say you go on the road, you put on 10 pounds, some of it's water weight, some of it's fat, probably not lean unless you're working out, right? You put that weight on. You come back and change your routine. So you start eating a little bit more regular. Your sleep is better. Your nutrition's better. The whole the whole thing's better. You get back down to your comfortable weight that let's say you drop 10 pounds. Now we start getting into, okay, now we've got to go an extra step to get that weight off. Okay. So so let's say, let's say there's two ways I like to to point it out to people. When you first go and play basketball. You're not very coordinated, right? So you're moving all over the place. You're probably moving two or three times as much as you would as somebody who knows how to play that sport, right? So we used to play racquetball. And when you're first playing, you don't know where the ball is going to bounce. So you go 10 steps right. And then you go, oh, shit, it hit the wall. It's actually going left. Whereas the guy who's pretty good, he's not going to move. He goes, I know that ball is going to come right to me, you know? So when you're first learning something, there's a bigger calorie burn. As you get better at it, there's actually less calorie burn because you're more efficient. Oh, that's good. So, so you, now you've got to work harder to attain the same amount of calorie burn, right? So, so that's one way to look at it is now we're already down weight, right? So we're not, by me moving you, Chad, let's say we're running. I'm no longer moving 250 pounds for a mile. I'm only moving 250 pounds for a mile and I do it more efficiently. So now I'm actually working out less because I'm moving 240 pounds a mile. So we've got to do more. We've got to increase that intensity. We've got to do it more frequently, or we've got to do it faster. Can you make sure right? that the audience knows that you're not talking about me when you said 250 pounds? <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about 200. 
easy numbers, 200 pound person, right? So, so that changes. And then the closer we get to our goal, the harder it is always, right? So, so when I'm rehabbing somebody, if they're 50%, getting from 50 to 75 is going to be pretty easy, right? Getting from 75 to 85, a little harder. Getting from 85 to 95, even harder. Getting back to 100%, that last little bit is the hardest part, right? So we've got to change the variables. We've either got to go increase that frequency. We've got to cut some more calories. We got to, we have, you know, cut out more fat, all the sugar. We're going we're gonna to cut that down. We're going to increase our frequency, our intensity, or our duration. Those things have got to come up the line as we get closer to that goal. Okay, so vice versa, go on the other end of the spectrum. Now you get to that weight. Okay. Now I go back on the road. Yep. How long does it take? I know it varies, but it seems like you can put it on a lot faster than you can take it off. Yeah. So if you if you continue somewhat of an active lifestyle, mm-hmm. you might not be doing the calorie burns or the stock, you know, the 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 intense workouts that we're doing right now. Yep. Uh, you know, they might not be considered intense to some, but to me, they're intense. Yeah. But I lower my intensity when I go on the road. I'm still active. I'm moving decoys. I'm yeah. I'm doing a lot of walking. I'm doing, and, and then I challenge myself, whether it's squats or lunges or tailgate jumps or whatever, try to do some of that type of thing. But the eating and the routine of eating goes, mm-hmm. when I'm here and I can wake up, like right now, I have not put a calorie in my body. I have, well, there's that's a lie. I got a little bit of cream in here, but it's sugar-free. Yep. I should be drinking black coffee, but I have not taken a bite of food. It's all good. I have not taken a bite of food since seven o'clock last night. Okay. And when I, when I, and here was my calorie intake yesterday. I fasted um, until 9 a.m. and I made an antelope breakfast with eggs, no carbs. Then at lunch, I had a couple bites of desert sheep, lean meat, probably five bites of noodles, for some carbs, because yeah. I knew I was going to the gym, yeah. and I had some filet mignon, probably two little slices, and I had two bites of seared ahi tuna, so very low calorie intake for yep. my lunch, yep. and my breakfast was, so I'm probably in at maybe 800 calories with breakfast and lunch, maybe. Probably, yeah. Then at dinner last night, I ate two pieces of salami and three pieces of small cheese, so it's probably another, let's say, 400 calories. Mm-hmm. That was my whole calorie intake for the okay. day. So... I, I quit eating at seven o'clock. I wake up, I'm going to fast until noon today. Okay. When I go on the road, I can't do that. When I wake up at four in the morning and I know that I'm getting ready to go set a decoy spread or be in the cold, yeah. the first thing my mind tells me is I got to eat. And what happens? You stop at the gas station to meet the guys or get fuel. You go in, there's a banana option. There's a donut option. Sometimes I get bananas. Sometimes I get donut. Right. So how long does it take? How, I know it varies, but how long is it going to take me to be like, holy shit. I feel terrible. My joints feel terrible. I can tell I'm getting fat again. Is it, is it faster going to the other end of the spectrum? Yeah, because it's probably way easier to go that way, right? I mean... Yeah, because it's way easier to eat a donut than it is to I go mean, to the gym. If we just go back, I don't think I've mentioned this one to you, but I used to love in Washoe Valley, they had the old... It wasn't Cattleman's. Cattleman's it was Cattleman's, yeah. right? So in there, in there, they had like three big posters on the wall. And one of them that I love, and I wish I, I can probably find it somewhere on the internet, but it was three guys standing around this tree that was like freaking, I don't know, this tree must have been 10 feet round. I mean, just, you know, this huge thing. And it's just the stump. So they had obviously just, you know, been working, cutting this thing down. So these guys packed their own lunch, right? They probably had breakfast, packed their own lunch. They probably didn't snack much. They, they, they may have smoked, you know, I mean, that's probably what they did a little bit in the day. But then they went out and they just manually cut down this tree. Then they probably eat, you know, their sandwich, 
Apple, water, you know, the, you know, didn't do a whole lot. And then go back to work, right? Nowadays, we got a gas station on every corner, fast food on everything. We don't have to work like that ever unless, you know, you, you, you know, I think when you're out hunting, you, you know, you got to eat something, right? Because you know you're going to be out there for a while and it could be longer than you're planning on. So you got to have some fuel at hand. You got to be prepared for that. But back to my point, most of us sit at a computer, drive to work, drive through the drive-through, hardly get 10,000 steps a day. You know, I, th- I think that's a nice metric that you're moving and doing stuff. Sit all day long. The chances of going up are huge and it's pretty quick. So with your statement there, what keeps you probably from going too far the other way, Chad, is you're busy. You know, you go out to the field, you're busy. But the things that work against you are you're up early. You probably stay up late because you're helping other people with preparation of food and and entertaining. So your sleep really gets you. By not getting sleep, your body is under stress. It handles that by preserving itself, laying down more fat, you know, and then if you're not eating the right things, it's going to preserve its lean tissue as much as it can, but, but maintaining lean tissue takes work, right? So it's, it's a high burn thing. So, so if, if you're going to be on the, out in hunting for a while, your body's going to want to lose some of that lean tissue because it's a lot of work to maintain it. So then you start to transfer, you start to lose some of your lean that goes to fat it, yeah, it definitely goes that way, way easier than the other way. But if you were to do what you mentioned you did the other day, you do that for two weeks and work out, Chad, you know that you're going to drop your lean or drop your body fat, be maintaining your lean, feel better, you know, move better. You know, you're going to be going in the right direction. Now, it's just not as easy to be on that for strictly for two or three weeks, you know, versus going down and having the donut or, you know entertaining and having a couple beers or whatever yeah and i have the other part of that and i want to i want to get to you know you we're talking about youth and sports still i got a Mm -hmm. question about that but in in the last four days since i've been back in the gym with you i was back last week and then i went on another four day snow goose trip with speckle bellies worked kind of hard ate pretty good didn't drink a ton um but before that, I was on a 27-day hunting bender. You know, right. I was on the road just going. Right. But then when I'm in the gym this week, like, I feel like, even on the treadmill yesterday, that woodway, mm-hmm. when I'm doing those, what I call sprints, yep. on level 10.5 or whatever the incline was and all that, my heart rate got up. But when I got off, I didn't bend over once. I didn't, like, I was ready to get back on it within a matter of under a minute, which yep. I was really surprised at that. And then I was like, man, I want to do that more. Because I, I feel like if I could fluctuate my, my heart rate yep. like that and then come down and then go do a set of strength training, yep. I don't know if like, I don't want to get into interval training right now, but I just feel like my recovery and my question is, Rob, is like the body doesn't forget, but it might take some a little bit longer to remember it once you're back in there. But I feel like my core talking about lean tissue and in their in base is my memory, my muscle memory mm-hmm. is there because like I don't. I might be a little sore for a bit, but all the abs we've done this week, I haven't been like, oh my God, like the next day been like, yep. so talk to me about memory, your body remembering yeah. and, and, and being able to recover, even though you haven't been in there faster. It seems like my body gets back on it pretty quick. 
Well, and and probably because what you were doing on the hunting trip, right? It wasn't like you were just gone at the beach, you know, not walking at all, partying at night, you, you know, so you're still active, right? You're not carrying a kettlebell around. You're not doing heavy stuff, but you're active. So that really helps. Um, and I think you hit on one thing that I wanted to mention. Recovery, heart rate recovery is one of the biggest indicators of heart health. So, so it's not just that you can get it up there. It's that you get that heart rate up into the, you know, perceived exertion. Yeah. That upper nine ten range, eight, nine, 10, how quick it comes down is the biggest indicator that you're in good shape. So, cause, cause somebody who's not in good shape might get it up there, but then it wants to hang and linger because it's got to do its job. It's got to pump blood. So it just hangs there while it's pumping blood. If it can drop down, it means it's done its job. It's so efficient at doing its job. It can do that at a lower heart rate. It comes down quick. So to your point of muscle memory and that, they were just talking about it on another podcast I was listening to. And I've always felt like if I get an athlete in who's done stuff before and has some lean tissue base, that is so much easier. Even if they've been sedentary for 20 years, we can get that back pretty quick. Somebody who's never done anything is it, it is. It's like starting from zero. They their lean tissue doesn't know how to function. They have never put on a lot of lean tissue. And they are really it's a it's a way tougher road. It's gonna be some time. They've got to put that base in. I always talk about building that base. Some of those athletes, even though they haven't done it for a while, they still have a pretty good lean tissue base. That muscle memory is is a base, and they get back into good function pretty quick. And so when you're only gone for a month, Chad, but your activity is still pretty good, you're not dropping off. Now, it's not going to maintain that upper level, right? You can't go out and do a a 20 mile bike ride and compete with somebody who's doing that on the daily, but you're going to be able to do the 20 mile bike ride. It just may not be at that upper level of fitness, but you've maintained pretty good. And so that's why your recovery, you're noticing it's good. You're out in the field doing stuff trekking through the mud which is going to get the heart rate up a little bit maybe not to max area but you're going to and then try and trying to drop it down one of the toughest things and i never knew about this uh this event but when we used to talk about different drugs and that is the i think it's just the biathlon which is a winter sport where they cross-country ski and then they go to shoot five targets but the goal there is they've got to get their heart rate down as low as possible. Otherwise, they're not going to hit the targets, right? So they're trying to get their heart rate up. Well, these guys will take depressants to keep their heart rate down. So one of the things that they'll get tested for is that they've got depressants in their system because they know their heart rate's going to affect their shooting and the shooting affects their score more than than their time. And so, um, you know, they've got to recover as quick as possible, get that heart rate down. So some of what you do is the same thing. You know, you, you want to hike up this hill, but you can't just go up there and shoot right away, right? You, you've got to sit there and, and get your heart rate down, get the target online, make sure everything's ready. So that recovery is really big for that. Yeah, stuff. And you know, the military trains in that a lot as far as interval and heart rate up and being able, you know, when you're in combat and you got to shoot, you got to be steady. Um, you know, heart rate is everything. Yep. Hunting. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when you go out and you got to, you got you climb a mountain and all of a sudden you see an elk you got to lay down and you got to be able to get your i've talked to guys that that have document their hunts at, at different elevations mm-hmm. and i looked at them in a room and i said you know what would be really interesting because these guys are fitness guys they're mm-hmm. kind of like a, that joe rogan uh, mindset and i said what would be really interesting to a guy like me is where your heart rate is when you're walking up that mountain and you're busting ass 
are you getting to 170? And then if you get up there and you plateau and you get your shot and you get down in prone position or on one knee or whatever you're doing on a, on a set of sticks or whatever, you know, how long does it take your heart to recover to be able to stay steady? And it's, it's heart rate to me is very interesting because mm-hmm. one, it, it tells me everything of where I'm at in life. If my heart rate goes way up, I feel it. Yep. I feel like if my, that man, I, I can't really get, get my wits about me. I can't, I, I got to bend over. I got to take extra long. I got to do mouth breathing, which I don't like. I like to do right. controlled breathing. You know, that's another really cool topic is, <clears throat> is how to breathe and how uh-huh. much, if you teach yourself how to inhale and exhale at yeah. the right times and the right way and the right amount, it's people will give up on a set of exercises or a project or a, uh, a discipline or whatever, whatever word you use for it. Let's say an inchworm, an inchworm seems like, oh man, that's going to be you get in an inchworm position in yoga, people be like, that's not going to affect my breathing. Yes, it does. Yeah. But if you learn how to breathe through it, you can, act, and that's why I hated them at the beginning because I didn't know how to breathe through it. But now I can get in that position and, and be a little bit, have a little bit more leverage on it because I'd learned the timing of my breath. And yeah. um, so breathing is very, it's, heart rate is it's huge. huge. They, they both are. And it's funny, Chad, because I mean, I've been doing this now almost 35 years. And I remember when I first, there was one therapist way back. So this would have been 87, 88, who talked about breathing. In school, we didn't talk about breathing at all. I think culturally on this side of the, uh, in our country in general, we don't know how to breathe. You know, whereas some cultures... Uh, some of the Eastern cultures, they, they work on breathing right away, right? They do some meditation stuff, breathing, getting it calmed down. We don't do any of that. Now, there's really in the last 10 or 12 years, there's some good books on it. There's some other stuff, but um, breathing is huge. And, and it's hard to spend time with clients because it's so slow and monotonous, you know? But it's such an important part. If I get a runner, we want to talk about breathing but they also want to feel like they get a workout in, right? So they come in and we can't spend 30 minutes on breathing if we need to do some work stuff, but we got to talk about how breathing affects them because breathing is huge. I don't care what sport you play, you know, or even if it's just trying to mentally relax at the end of a day, breathing is, is huge to shut your brain off and focus on breathing slow and controlled through the nose. It's, it's really important. And, and using your diaphragm is one of the biggest muscles of our body. And that kind of sets the tone for everything else. And so many of us just use our upper chest, breathe real heavy through the mouth and, and never even take any oxygen in or utilize our oxygen. So that's, so that's I want to lose weight. A tricky one. I'm a, I'm a person that wants to lose weight, but I also want to, you know, stay in with this theory of the base. Yep. Lean tissue. But I also want to aesthetically look good. And I also want to have, <clears throat> excuse me, good recovery with my heart rate. Yep. So now when I'm in your gym and I go into a, a, a little routine that you put me through, I feel pretty good. I can do all the leg presses. I can do the leg extensions, the, the, the hamstring curls. I can jump on that machine. What, that chest is what the hardest bench press I've ever done, but it yep. works the pushups. I can get through it. Yep. The kettlebell carols, swings, everything we're doing carries. I mean, the, the big heavy suitcase carries now, mm-hmm. but then I want to get my heart. I want to get into a cardio, you know, yep. part cardio. I hate running. Running to me, every good runner I've ever seen is built like a stick. You can't carry a lot of mass and be a, a, a marathon runner. You could be a sprinter, I guess, and have really good muscle mass because Ben Johnson or Carl Lewis, yeah. those guys were chiseled. A lot of the sprinters are chiseled. Yep. But talk yep. to me about running and cardio and 
and I kind of know your theory of, mm-hmm. you know, 20 minutes is good here, but do I want to go and become an efficient mile at a time, two mile guy to where I get on and just run, 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 run? Or am I going to take the chance of losing my muscle mass by doing too much running? Cause I hate running. Right. Well, do you hate running and do you hate runners? Because when I see him running that far, I'm like, God, why are you doing that? <laughs> That's funny. Cause in my old, in my old facility, we had one big wall and on one side of it, I wanted to paint running will kill you. And then I was like, well, that's probably not a very good sales product, you know, for people coming in. So I was like, maybe I just put that in the shower because the people who use the shower are, you know, they've been around us a while. They know my theory. So my problem with running, Chad, is, and, and it's not just running. Running can be good, but I think, I think in our society, and again, talking about America, a lot of our runners, we never compete when it comes to Olympics, and one of the thought processes there is that most of our runners burn themselves out that by the time they get to the Olympics, they're they're so injury laden that they can't compete. You know, they're just that bad. So many of our, I remember going way back when I worked up at UNR, cross country kids would come in, they'd have a little injury going on. Okay, what are you doing? You know, uh, how many miles are you running? I run 80 miles. I'm like, in a week i'm like i don't even drive my car 80 miles in a week i'm like that's a freaking lot of miles right so these guys a are week, out. they were saying yeah so so they put in a lot of miles how many steps is that how many ground contacts how much force is going through that foot so i really think and some of the guys who i follow running hard like that all the time is really hard on your body i think it can be done way more efficient so so to answer your question, I'm not a big runner and I don't want you to just sit on the bike and go 40 minutes, slow energy burn, burning calories. I've got a good chart in, in, uh, in my facility that shows, so let's say basically you get into your fat burning zone, right? You're, you burn fat best when you're sleeping, okay? Because everything is so slow that you're only burning fat. The, cal- the problem is you're not burning very many calories there, right? So so on your little bike, it says, hey, here's your fat burning zone. Your fat burning zone is like 50 to 60% of your upper limit, okay? So for you, we're going to put your heart rate at 120, and we're going to sit there for the whole time. So let's just say, we'll just go easy math. Let's say you burn 100 calories, half of them come from fat. So you burn 100 calories, 50 of them come from fat. Now we, instead of being at a level five, we push you to a level eight or nine and we keep you there the whole time. So you're really close to your max output. In that situation, your calories don't quite double, but let's, let's for easy math, let's say they double, but the fat burn goes down. So the fat burn hardly changes. So now you burn 200 calories, hardly any of those come from fat because you're just, you're running at such a high level that you're burning basically the higher end fuels that are in the blood bloodstream you're burning those you're not tapping into your fat system okay we take that same amount of time chad and we do an interval okay so we go into your fat burning zone for two minutes then we push really hard for 30 seconds and then bring it back down try and get you to recover as fast as you can again that that you can train your recovery and the better that gets the better heart health you're in but then by training you, yourself to drop into that fat burning zone, you teach the body how to utilize fat as an energy source. So now you're getting into that fat burning source. So now the calorie burn from that high intensity level one doesn't go up much. So let's say we were at 200 calories. Now we go to 220 calories, but now almost 
a little bit over half of those calories are coming from fat. So now we burn 220 calories, 110 of those come from fat. So it's, let's say it's 50-50. So 120 or so calories are coming from fat. But after that workout too, now that we've taught your body how to utilize fat as an energy source for burning, after that workout, the amount of fat your body will burn after goes up almost twice as much as it would from just doing a regular fat burning workout because your energy level is higher. You've burned more calories in general, and then you've taught your body how to utilize fat as an energy source. So that's a better workout to get there versus just, hey, Chad, we're going to go run a mile at 50% and we're going to you know, see if we can get there in 10 minutes, 12 minutes. So doing that workout real quick before I move on to this kid yep. deal, you do that workout you just explained. Mm-hmm. Workout's over. Yep. I told you what I ate last night yep. after the workout. Yep. Wasn't much. No. How detrimental is that part of the day now for the recovery, the protein, the muscle build? Are you weakening your muscles by not pounding a shake and some BCAAs? I don't do any supplementation. Yeah. I've yeah. never done supplements. Now, I, t- I took when creatine got hot, I did it for two days and I felt bloated as hell. I never yep. did it again. Yep. It's one of the issues with it. I took BCAAs for a week and I'm like, I don't need it. I got energy. I feel like I'm yeah. recovering fine. And then the protein shakes, I always want to say, yeah, I'm going to do it. But then I'm like, dude, I'm just going to eat some some pork chop or no. something, you know, or some fish. So how de- how bad did I fail last night by not by doing that workout in high intensity yesterday? Yep. You just said I continue to burn fat now yep. through the day and the night. How bad how bad was that for me not to come and eat some broccoli and some complex carbohydrates mm-hmm. and some good proteins? Did that defeat the entire workout? No, no, because you you. Everything you mentioned, all your food was great protein sources, right? And it's better to but get- But the cheese was high in fat. Cheese is high in fat. That's okay. So, so we need fat. Essential fat is one of the hardest things to get in your Should diet. Should I have eaten an avocado There's, instead of the cheese though? Is the cheese going to hurt me? I don't know that it's going to hurt you, but yes, avocado would be a better choice. Okay. So I'm not and, trying to interrupt you, you but I'm trying even, to figure out like, did I mess yeah, yeah, up last no. night? Cause that workout was no. awesome. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't feel like I need to go gorge myself. Mm, no. And, and really Chad, like I said, you got plenty of protein. We know we all have a little, you and I both have a little extra fat we can burn. Right. So it's not like we need to intake fat right away. Our body is going to figure out how to burn fat. So you had enough calories to do what you want to do. Now, ultimately, let's say yesterday you only got 1,200 calories. That's going to that's gonna work against you. I think you need more calories than that, right? Just, just to sustain what you're doing. So you might be able to go light like that for a few days, but we don't want to stay there. You, I want to get you to where you're getting more calories in. Now, do you need 3,000 calories if we're going to burn 3,000? No, because we want to drop some, right? So we may say, hey, let's go 2,200 calories and we'll create a little calorie deficit and we'll start to work that in, right? But no, to answer your question, no, you got plenty of protein. I think I think so many people think if I eat protein, it equals lean tissue. I, again, if you're not putting the work in, it doesn't matter what you're taking into your body. Now, protein might more likely go to your lean tissue sources, right? But if you're not doing something to work out, it's ultimately going to fat, right? Because your body is really good at preserving your life. So what's it going to do? It's going to save those calories, store them as fat. That's our fuel storage center to be used at a later date, which the problem is most of us never get into it, right? We don't use it. So no, those extra calories are just going to fat. For you, you got plenty of protein. You don't need a protein shake. I mean, that's to me, that's a big misnomer. I think so many people are like, oh, if I eat protein, 
I'll get more lean tissue. No, if you're not working out, you're not getting more lean tissue. I got, I got to bring this one up. I saw this one the other day. It was a, it's a new commercial. It's for bone density. So probably primarily targeting women. And they're like, Hey, if you, you know, your bone density is low, we got a new pill for you. And I'm thinking, how about this? How about you work out and tax the bone and the muscle system, which is, we know is going to add lean tissue, right? Your body adapts to the changes that you put on it. You stress it a little bit. It wants to adapt by adding more bone. So anyway, they're going through this whole thing. And then the first three things that they mention: risk factors, stroke, heart attack, and some other cardiovascular disease. And I'm thinking, how about working out? And, and you won't have any stress issues, no cardiovascular risks. It's all going to go down and your bone density is going to go up and your lean tissue is going to go out and screw the pill, right? But we're just so into, hey, if I take this pill, it's going to do this for me. And it's not. It's like, yeah, no, follow you, the money. You, you Pharmaceutical do, companies follow the money. Yeah. You put the work in. You do the right thing. But nobody wants to. Your body's going to change. No, that's it's, one it's thing that we're going to talk we were about. Talking about yesterday. We wanted to talk about that on the podcast today, and I don't want to get into it because it's a longer conversation, but it's amazing to me that that all of these gyms are packed. You go and you talk to people that own gyms, and you go to this gym right down here by Costco at five in the afternoon. You can't find a parking space, and it's a big parking lot. Yeah. But then I'm like, what? What? Where are all the fit people <laughs> and yeah. i'm not being i'm not being a dick i'm just saying like yeah. when you walk around the country and i get right. to visit it's 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 amazing to me like man we're happy with being out of shape yeah um let me ask you this real quick though along the line i want I, on our next podcast we're going to talk about um the percentages of people that really work out the right way because maybe that's what it is well, these, these gyms that you don't have somebody that's qualified like yourself going through it with me mm-hmm. i don't know if i really go into that gym and get what i need besides looking in the mirror and doing too many bicep <laughs> curls or or doing something yeah. wrong you know and um i do want to get into that down the road but i go to lunch today okay you know how i'm built you know how i work out you know the lifestyle i live yep do i go i say rob i'm going to go get a sub sandwich with sourdough do you say you don't eat the bread do not eat lasagna today. Don't go to Olive Garden today and get a pasta. Just go there and get a lean chicken cutlet with no breading on it. It's not fried. It's just grilled chicken. Like, how are you going to assess my nutrition now, knowing what I want my goals to be and knowing yeah. how I'm built, knowing my base, knowing my my uh, lean tissue? Do you tell me, Chad, don't eat the bread on the sandwich today? I'm going to eat the bread. I know. That's what right, I'm saying. Right. So is it normal for no, me? No, it's, it's so funny because um, Tiff and I were talking about this last weekend because we went out and somebody's like, hey, don't watch what I eat. I'm like, I'm getting the fries, man. I, I, I do this so I can have the fries. I'm like, is it, you know, don't worry. I'm not going to critique what you do. If, if you want to make changes, yeah, we, we're going to cut out some of those extra calories, right? We're going to, we're going to get rid of some of the pasta. We're going to get rid of some of the bread. Now, if it's Thursday and you've been eating good all week and you decide, you know, you're in a little bit of a uh, scramble to, to get your food and you stop at the local sub sandwich place and you eat, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I might say, hey, you might want to burn that off tomorrow. But ultimately, Chad, I think we get so caught up with, you know, oh, I got to do this every meal and I, and I got to cut this out and I got to do this. And, and at, at the end of the week, it, 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 
if you've made good changes throughout that whole week and you're going in the right direction, that's all that matters. I mean, so many people are like, I think they have one meal that throws them off and they're like, ah, I blew it. I'm, I'm done. You know, and then they just start to go the other way. It's like, get right back on. You know, yeah, that meal wasn't your best options. You could have made some different choices there. You, you could have done better. Right. Or you shouldn't have had that third glass of wine. Maybe, you know, one and a half was plenty tomorrow. Let's get right back on it. Let's let's do those little things and, yeah. and just get right back on track. But I think and that's why I, I think so many people, you know, used to say, oh, Sunday's my cheat day. I'm like, be careful because that cheat day, you yeah. know, you can ruin the whole week. Ruin the whole week. I, I mean, it's, it's that easy to ruin the whole week. And sometimes you can even do it with a cheat meal. So if you have a couple of little cheats throughout the week and it's not a full cheat day or a cheat meal, you're fine, but right? You gotta it's, it's, it. you gotta it's making them. that, yeah, it's making that process for the whole week, not just one one shot doesn't do it. And I think we get so caught up and uh, into the little things and go, oh, I, I really fucked that up, and now I'm now I'm screwed. You know, it's like yeah. no, let's let's so. Yeah, today we're gonna work out a few minutes longer. Or we're, let's do a couple extra sets of push-ups. Because to me, it's more realistic to do what you just said. Go work out hard. It's yeah. more realistic for me to do that than to say, because everybody in today's world, in you know, and I know this, sugar is bad. Yeah. When you get to my age, and you and you, right. You know, not just you know whether you have a family history of diabetes or whether yeah. you drink some Jack Daniels once in a while. There's sugar in there. Then right. you know, like if I'm if it's uh um, big time chef two weeks ago in Kansas wanted me to try his cheesecake. I'm not even a huge cheesecake buff there is, but I tried yeah, it. I'm like, just, good night. Right. But it's full of sugar. It's full yeah. of fat. Yeah. Um, it's even got cream cheese in it, which I despise, but I'm like, damn, this, I can't even taste the cream cheese in this. Um, so it's more realistic to me to say, I'm going to work out hard than mm -hmm. to not be normal over here. Because yesterday when I ate those noodles, my mind goes, man, I don't want to be eating these. I'm not supposed to, but I'm like, my mom's all Italian. I love pasta. I love cooking Italian. Everybody that was eating the noodles that I made up real quick are like, dude, these are awesome. Yeah. I don't ever want to be like, I'm not going to eat that because yeah. as soon as, as soon as I go on the road, I'm going to eat that. Like I told you about going to duck camp in Arkansas. I'm going to have Billy bogey's fried bologna and biscuits and gravy, but I want to work out enough and balance that out. Right. So it's more realistic to me to where I hear people go, like Bubba right now, I talked to you about, you know, our good friend yeah. Bubba Henderson. He's in this bet. He's like, no carbs, no sugar. I'm like, yeah, but when you go back from your eight, 9% body fat back up to 18, and then you do this again next January, I don't know how healthy that right. is because you are going to start drinking beer again. You're going to have your cocktails again. You're going to have your meals again. You're going to eat like a man again. Yeah. Like, I don't know how, and don't get me wrong. He stays lean throughout the year. This yeah. dude is like, I don't know if it's genetics, but he is jacked lean, but he's not he's not always at 8%. Right. Right. So anyway, like that, that's my, I don't know if it's a darkness, but man, I put a lot of stress on myself. It's like, I, I keep the pressure on. Yeah. And, and it's good to keep the pressure on. Right. Cause, cause ultimately, you know, we talk about this all the time, Chad, I, I've got this number on my scale that if I get to that number, I just don't feel good and I won't go beyond it. I'm like, okay, get your shit together. Let's, let's get it back down. Right. But there's times of the year where it just starts to creep up a little bit. And, uh, you know, having those things in your head, I think are, are huge where you go, okay, I got to kick it up a notch. I got to be a little smarter. And half the time, it's just a couple of bad decisions. Oh, I'm going to have dessert this night and I'm going to have a little extra drink here and there. And all of a sudden you start to creep the other way. So having those numbers in your head is, is huge and going, okay, 
I don't go above this number. I like to stay right around here. I feel better here. A lot of times when people ask me what they should be at, we can run some calculations. But I'm like, where were you at here and how did you feel? You know, and, and really it's like, like for you, maybe if we look at those charts, Chad, and we go off your height and, and, and a couple of other things, it's going to say, you need to be 185. You and I both know, and for me, it's going to say same thing, 185. I haven't been in 185 since maybe freshman year of high school, <laughs> right? So, and I know where I feel good. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm higher than that chart. Some of those charts were done a long time ago. I've never been adjusted. Some of them work for certain people, right? So, so I mean, they definitely give us guidelines. If I get somebody who's 250 and I'm looking at the chart going, dude, you should be 165, right? We know we got to get them closer to 180, you know, and then he's going to feel way better. We may not get to 165. You and I may not get to what that chart says. But if I keep it within a nice range, my lean tissue's up, my strength is good, my cardiovascular system's good, then then longevity-wise, the numbers are good. Right? Do you have a pin in there? I do. Okay, write this down real quick because you listening to you talk, I want to remember this for our next episode. Okay. <clears throat> was the one was the percentage of people that are really working out the right way. But I also, Low. you just mentioned feel good, right? Yep. Um, I want to talk about getting in the gym the right way along those same lines of working out the right way. Where are the people working out? Okay. But feeling good with joint um where you might think you have an injury to where rolling out. Well, I mean, since I've learned the art of rolling out mm -hmm. and I think, oh my gosh, like when I pulled my groin in your place and I started rolling out and doing mobility, boom, it's healed. Didn't need physical therapy. I didn't need to go get looked at in an x-ray. I didn't, you know, when I have, when I have arm pain, right. I'm like, yep. oh my God, I must've broke my elbow. No, it's something to do that can be taken care of through the gym. Yeah. I want to talk about how many, how good the gym can overall make you feel in a better way just with rolling out yeah. with the right kind of stretching, you know, the, the Spider-Man stretch, which they call the best stretch in the history of the world, which it makes you feel, <laughs> I didn't do those yesterday. I need to do those today when Slacker. I get in the gym. Okay. So that's going to be a topic, but okay. <clears throat> yesterday in the gym, there's an athlete in there working out with one of your trainers. I'm not going to say any names unless you want to. Okay. looks like a baseball player flowing locks of brown hair, oh, okay. um, flat bill hat. Looks like every baseball player gotcha. in the country today at, gotcha. you know, 12 to 18 yep. years old. Yep. Everybody, when I came into the flat bill market in the hunting industry, everybody's like, <laughs> you're such a gangster. And I'm like, dude, you go, you're, you're, you must be from the West Coast. I'm like, you, oh, really? Watch the Little League World Series in Alabama. Every kid's wearing a flat bill hat, right? It, it was crazy. So anyway, yeah. this kid is moving good and he's getting put through the rigors yesterday. And I'm watching him I'm like, he's, he's, he's moving pretty good. But what I noticed is he's got a belly on him. So my, my question to you is, what is the goal with a kid that age? Is that baby fat? Did he come in there bigger than that? And he's got, it, it almost looks like he's got that pooch down at the bottom to where it's soft. And I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying yeah. like, he moves good as an athlete, baseball players for decades, whether it was, you know, any, I, I'm not going to name any names, but you know that baseball players get the bad rap. Like, dude, you could be fat and play baseball. Right. But they're still great athletes. Yeah. Um, in today's world, there's a lot of really lean baseball players. Yeah. Uh, there always has been. But talk to me about this athlete. What is his goals when his mom and dad bring him into your into your structure and your gym and your in your tutelage? Because to me, I'm looking at him like, man, how did he get that belly on him when he's that young? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, and, and is one of the goals to get rid of that, or is, are they fine with that and they just want something else? No, I th I think you know we don't talk much about weight loss, you know, especially 
you know, we've talked about it before. Our gym is is inside of a volleyball facility, right? Lots of young ladies. One of the biggest things that they've noticed in the last 20 years is talking to that group about losing weight at that age can be extremely detrimental, right? So yes, you want to look good and we want, we want that to be a, a definite byproduct, right? So, so working out, the nice thing about working out is all the side effects are beneficial, right? Hopefully you feel better. We, we've got a young swimmer and I talked to mom recently because she's just doing really good. And she goes, you don't know how good this has been for her confidence, right? So we take the young athlete, you get them in there a little bit, and that's probably the first thing that changes. So if you can get them to enjoy what they're doing, they change their confidence, all of a sudden, then they want to look better. So, th- so there's always the aesthetic side, right? So, and, but the aesthetics don't mean much. The, some of the best bodies when mes- muscle and fitness used to put out, these are the top 10 bodies in football. You go through it and the, two of them were players, right? The other ones you're like, Who's what? What does this guy play? Right, so looks like looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. You know, used to be one of the comments with football. You take a guy like Joe Montana or Brady, they're not posing for muscle and fitness, right? But when it comes to throwing the friggin' football and being accurate, they're incredible at their craft. So aesthetics is part of it, but for some of these guys, we're not bodybuilding, right? We want to make them a better athlete. We want them to move better. So. To your to your thing, Chad. If we get those young kids in, hopefully, you know they're in that puberty stage. Sometimes they are maintaining some body fat, or they keep that extra body fat till they learn how to move a little bit better. And then all of a sudden they grow. Now all of a sudden they look like they're ten pounds lighter, but they're actually heavier because they grew a couple inches, but they just thinned out. They lost that belly fat. Um, but it's the confidence. It's them picking up something that they're going to like. Hopefully the confidence, one of the things they notice right away is their performance is better. And then hopefully that's enough to get them hooked because you want fitness to be a lifestyle change, something that you do but for But you don't want to talk to them about it's weight not, loss at that age. We do a little bit. Do you talk to them about making note. better better decisions? Better choices. You got better choices it. With you got the, it. So like, yeah. like that hey. kid probably needs to go and and not eat a bunch of Captain yeah. Crunch don't, in the morning, right? Don't leave, yeah, don't leave here and think you earned a Jamba juice or, <clears throat> sorry, one other, ju- you know, 800 <laughs> yeah. calories of sugar. Yeah. You know, let's let's have a little chocolate milk and let's go eat a good meal. You know, the chocolate milk's going to give you some protein, a little bit of sugar to help it get in the system. Milk's not bad for you. So we're going to talk to them about choices, but our top three are always our top three, Chad, the ones I talked to you about. Kids need their sleep, right? So put your put your device away and get some sleep. That's number one, because that's going to make their performance change better than, hey, I'm taking this BCA amino acid. It's great. Screw that. Get your sleep. Sleep first. Nutrition. I, I'd probably go hydration second. And then nutrition. So we're going to talk to them about choices because that fills in with what we're doing, right? You can't have one without the other. And, and people always want to get into the argument, well, what's better, working out or changing my diet? They go hand in hand to me. I'm like, I'm like you got to do both. You, know, you, can, you can sit there and change your diet all you want, but if you're not burning calories, it's a lot harder to lose weight. Or you can try and burn a bunch of calories, but we used to talk about this. A lot of people can eat themselves out of a good workout, right? So then yeah. they they go kill their workout because they go hit, you know, sushi. some some restaurant. Yeah, sushi. Even though get, fish is and, good for you, that four thousand calories of yeah, uh, sticky calories. rice, and yeah. If you do the calorie count on two, an order of two pieces of sushi, yeah, it's amazing because yeah. of the sugar and the rice the, and the high and yeah. the, the fat is high in salmon, yep. which is good fat. 
But yeah, it's go ahead. That. Like that, you, you know, creating better habits is key. Yep. Yep. At a young age, that's at, all. At that's, a young age. It's it's so it's so smart to create those habits young. I would never say we're never going to McDonald's. Right. Never. I, I mean, right. I grew up on McDonald's. I didn't right. eat it every day, but that, yeah. that, that's just sometimes, part of your childhood. Sometimes it happens, right? But you don't want to create that habit to where it becomes like the supersize movie to where you're eating it three times right. a week. Right. You know, you, you, you did like, there's a way that's why I was wondering when I was watching that kid, I was like, why is he here at such a young age? Why didn't I get this opportunity at his mm-hmm. age? Cause I'd be in the major league still at my age. Like I would be hitting bombs, Rob. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. And I'm not bitter about this, so please don't take it that way. But it is unbelievable the access and the opportunity that these kids have mm-hmm. today to become insane athletes. Mm-hmm. I, when, I was, when I was in high school, you were lucky to go to the ASU baseball camp or the UNR baseball camp right. if there wasn't snow on the ground. Right. You'd have to go down to Arizona or go to Long Beach or to Fullerton to Augie Garrido's camp. Yeah, which mm-hmm. isn't cheap. No, right. but now right. you can freaking go and you can go to the, your gym and get year-round volleyball instruction as a yeah. young girl every single day if you choose to. Yeah. Whether that's right or wrong and whether, you know, you know, you start talking, you know, the, the podcast I listened to the other day that you sent me with the head baseball coach at Vanderbilt. I loved hearing him say, don't play baseball 365 days a year. Right. Go play football. Go play, even though football, I mean, I don't want to get hurt, but <laughs> go play there. basketball. Go wrestle. Go play tennis. Go play golf. Right. Do something. Yeah. So I loved all of that. So when I'm watching that kid, I'm. I'm like, man, you know, he's moving well. When this kid turns 18, he's going to have an unreal base. When he's when he's 19 in his sophomore year, he might be just have that big ass on those big quads and mm-hmm. just hitting jacks or throwing 93 miles an hour. Yep. I just think that with the right tutelage and the right, you know, everything you're talking about, the sleep and all yep. that. I want you to write down that real quick, please. If you don't mind, I'm not trying to treat you like a secretary, but I want <laughs> I want to get into these. I want to know when do you know you're properly hydrated? I want to go into hydration next time because okay. I feel like I drank three gallons of water yesterday and I'm not pissing enough. Is yep. that yep. is that because I'm so dehydrated? Yep. So I want Could to know be. if there's tests we can do on proper hydration. Is it the color of your urine? Yep. Is it is it can you drown your insides by drinking too much water? You remember there it's was this, hard to do. There was a radio contest yeah. one time in Sacramento yep. on how many gallons of water and somebody yep. died. Right. Um, because they drown their internal organs or something. Yeah. So I want to get into hydration. But that kid, when I was watching him, I was like, is he in here to lose the belly fat? Is he in here to move better as an, an overall athlete? Do his mom and dad think he has potential to become this stud because he's in there getting individual one-on-one training. And I don't know how old is he 14? Yeah. 15, 14. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a lucky kid. Right. And, and I'm like, man, if he sticks with these habits that you guys are creating for him mm-hmm. and instilling in him, that's, that's how you become, I, I understand yeah. God given born with talent. Oh yeah. But if you're Freaks. learning to move and you're learning yeah, like Terrell Owens. I just saw a video of Terrell Owens um, saying that he could, he wants to go play again right now. Like that dude is so jacked. Like that's a body from his body of his whole career. Right. You're, there's videos out there. You can go look at T.O.'s body and yeah. you're just like, dude, you should have been an actor. Like you are, yeah. you could be Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, right? Right. With, I don't even know if he works that hard in the gym. I have no idea, but he is jacked. Yeah. jacked. But that kid, I was like, man, if he listens to Rob and your other trainers in there, I don't know if you ever want to mention them, but if he listens, what a gift to be able to create those habits at that age. Well, and, and so many times, Chad, and, and honestly, the biggest thing we're trying to do is create habits, right? So, so I, there's a lot of people that are like, how many times do you want to see them? I'm like, I'd love to see them twice a week. And, and I hardly ever push for more than that. We're trying to get some of those younger guys in, give them some options to do some stuff on their own to make it more feasible, right? Because the more we see them, the better they're going to do. But I understand the financial side. You have kids, I have 
too many kids. So um, I don't know if that was worded correctly. <laughs> Which ones are you getting right, rid of, Rob? They, they know I, I joke about it all the time, so they're good, I think. Um, <laughs> so, but it's really the habits. Hopefully, they take what we say. Hey, you need your sleep. You need to hydrate. You know, it's it's the little things that we're telling them to do all the time, and we are consistent with that. Okay, I am. My trainers are um, with what we tell them, and I tell some of these parents, hey, you know. You might think they want to play baseball, but in two or three years, they might switch sports, right? So everything we're doing for them is, it's, goes back to the game of life. Hopefully, they take these habits and they help them in their job, or they take these habits and they keep playing a sport if that's what they do. And I tell the athletes, you know, so many parents, who knows how they're going to turn out? You know, so many people, I think, you know, there are some of those kids that get pushed into a sport and by the time they get to be juniors, seniors, they hate the sport, right? Because that's all they do every day. There's no break from it. So that's where the Vanderbilt coach was saying, hey, yeah, I love that. do other sports. Because I really think, you know, about the time your 10 weeks is up with basketball, you're tired of basketball. You're like, I'm done running up and down the court. I'm done with that. But you're looking forward to swinging the baseball bat, Right. But every day when you get up and all you do is go swing the baseball bat and you're trying to get your touches in and all that. So at some point it gets old. You have to have some breaks. If you did the same thing at work every day, that's kind of one of the nice things about your work and my work. I, there's some variability to it. It keeps me going. You know, there's some variability in what you do. It keeps us going. So, but if it's that same thing, oh, it's eight o'clock. I do this. It's, it's eight 45. I go to this. It's, pretty tough to do it's hard to stay on that schedule some guys can do it some girls can do it but not everybody right so it's the variability in life is one of the keys out there i think for all of us and i think that you know we'll end it by saying what you touched on with um you know the way we live today is so much different and you touched on these things right here um and so did that coach in that podcast mm -hmm. of vanderbilt there's a common theme out there with successful people Mm -hmm. These successful people don't sit there and say, I don't touch my phone. I'm not on the phone. I might, you know, I'm on the airplane. I might be playing solitaire. They don't say that. Right. They don't say that I'm, I've never owned a cell phone. We all have them. Right. But the, the, the consistent message and the habits that these coaches or these life coaches or these mentors mm -hmm. want, want to inspire, inspirers, these influencers, the, the number one thing that they stress is get off of it. Right. If you go to bed and you sit there and fill your mind with all of the things that it can be filled with by watching Tic Tac or I don't even have it. I don't have any personal social media. No. I try to get on there to do my work for our right. brands. Right. And I try not to troll. I don't want to know what everybody else is doing. Yeah. If you read, journal, take notes, mm -hmm. write, um, even watching TV, a documentary on History Channel, mm -hmm. which I'm a huge buff of, um, is better than scrolling on these social media stuff yeah, and don't go on there and watch all of these baseball videos of these other players or these other athletes. You might pick up on something, you know, there's yeah. a lot of coaches on there that are doing T drills and all this work, yeah. but get away from baseball for a minute, get away from basketball or football, get yeah. away from it. That coach says that his first hour long meeting with his team, baseball is not mentioned. Right. I picked up on that too. I'm like, Oh wow, that's cool. Yep. They're not in there going, you know, you need to work hard if you're going to play third base here. No third base <laughs> right. is never even mentioned. Right. They talk about life. They talk about family. They talk about being, you know, he told that story about being at the wedding and yeah. the reception for Dansby Swanson, who's a stud that just congratulations on your new contract. But he's good buddies with my good buddy, Walker Bueller, who both the, both were all Americans at Vanderbilt. Okay. So th they're all at the wedding. Walker's one of those guys. 
that are standing in the corner and not one thing was mentioned about an NCAA championship, a super regional, an at-bat, a game, a scoreboard, nothing. Right. Not one baseball story. Right. They talked about family. They talked about hunting. They talked about fishing. They talked about whatever. Life. Cool. That's yeah. a really cool. <clears throat> but if you're on this all the time, you're not living life. You're living right. through other people. Yep. And, and whether or not you want to admit it, we all have fallen into it oh, at one point yeah. or another. But it is such a good discipline and habit to create to get away from it. Challenge yourself yep. in the morning. I know, oh, well, it's my alarm clock. Oh, I got to check my email. No, you don't. Right, right. Challenge yourself 60 minutes to not even look at it. Yep. Hide it. Yep. Don't even go to it. Go out and put your feet on cold concrete. I did that this morning, Rob. I, I walked my garbage cans down. I haven't been home forever. I'm like, oh, man, I miss doing that. So yeah. I know it's garbage day, yeah. recycling day. So I get two trips. I could have taken cool. them in one. I could have taken them in one, but I'm like, I'm going to do it in two. And then I'm like, I'm going to hang the flag in bare feet. Now I'm going to have my dogs out with me in bare feet. And I just breathed in that cold air. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's so that's much better stuff. than laying there scrolling. Yeah. Right. It, it's a habit. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. I don't do it every day. But when you do it, oh. you're like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this every day because it yep. just started my day off so much better. Yep. And it's a great habit to get into is to get, go make yourself a cup of coffee. Go sit by the waterfall. Go yep. sit with your dog. Look at the breath going in and out of your mouth if you don't live in Florida. I mean, we're like, it's cold weather. Right. So anyway, those habits and being in the gym, it's the first thing that I think of when I wake up is my workout yesterday, how I'm going to improve on it today and how good my body feels right now because of the, the steps that I take when I go in there. I don't cut corners. I could have yep. very easily not rolled yesterday. Right. But man, I did it. Felt good. So I want to get into on that on that conversation we're going to have about the overall impact of the gym is do you roll? Do you know what rolling is? Do you stretch right? Is stretching detrimental if you do it too much? Do you stretch yeah. before a workout when your body's not warm? Yeah. Do you get on the bike and do two or three miles first or five minutes to get the blood flowing? Like all of that makes sense. Yep. Good habits, right? Yep. So that I, I guess we'll end it by, the, you know, watching that kid yesterday. First, I was a little jealous because I wish I would have been there. I'm so glad that my daughter is able to excel in See the it. areas of athletics because she's this is available to her. Yep. Thank God for people like Jason and his his family taking the chance to open a place like that to yep. give them this opportunity. Trainers like you that have these private gyms that that you're not going in there and being like you got to deadlift 700 pounds. When I was when I was 17, we were taught to deadlift five plates on each side, and our freaking spinal cord would fly out of our ass. Right. Right. Our, you talk about injury prone. Right. right. We were taught to power clean 260 yep. when we were 18 years old. Whether our form was there or not, I don't right. know if it was the discipline was there and the toughness was there, but gosh dang. Right. The injuries later on in life were definitely there. Right. Right. So anyway, and, I'll and, let you close it out, but thank you for being on. Watching that kid work out yesterday in your gym, I was like, man, what a gift. What a treat. If you do, mm -hmm. if you do it right and you take it serious. Yep. Even if it's just for that 60 minutes, you can get some good information mm -hmm. and good tutelage and good habit forming material to take with you the rest of the day until you get back there the, uh, next week. And hopefully yep. your parents can afford yep. to put you in there two or three days a week. And the, and the one thing I didn't mention, Chad, is, is we'd like to see those kids more often. But the one thing I tell them is, hey, we're building these habits. You have to put them into play. So I'm only, if I only see you twice a week, you've got to do these things. On the off days, right? That's what's going to help days. you get better. Get better. You know, you're going to see the changes. God, I wish that, I wish that there was some, and I know there are, I know that they got these big time bike things and you can go on and there's a girl from Brazil riding with yeah. you and she, that's awesome. If you, if you go out and buy that bike and you can do that, if that's what it takes to get going, yeah. because I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, uh, 
a firm believer in consistency and routine. And if you go out and do those little things, whether it's box squats or um, uh, what's the one-legged lunge? What's the name? The Where, Oh, you're talking about the split squat? The, the split squat? Single leg. Single leg. Was yep. there a word or country that was on that first? I know they're... I know that well, they you know, Bulgarian, Bulgarian split yeah, squat. Russian, yeah, um, that's another exercise I want to do today. You what's got the, it. Not, but what's the other one that I did? What the guys are doing with the bar on the challenge? What's oh, the that? Turkish get up. The Turkish get up. Go research the Turkish get up, and don't even use weight. Just challenge yourself on a video of the Turkish get up. Don't stay on YouTube. Don't stay on Instagram. But just search Turkish get up. And just practice that motion. Yeah. And you feel how your core is doing. I'm talking if you're in Boise, Idaho today, go look up the Turkish get up and do stuff like that. Look up the super, uh, the Spider-Man stretch. Look mm -hmm. up the inchworm and just try to implement these practices daily. You will get stronger. You'll get more. The, the thing you said again of getting more confidence. Yeah. Are you kidding me? If I feel svelte. Right. Is that a word? Svelte? Uh, sure. If I it feel like I'm really like into it. I feel good. I promise you that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock has that much confidence in his ability to start businesses, redo the XFL, go make Jumanji part nine or whatever. He, I don't know what he does, but his confidence levels to the roof because right. of his physical exercise yeah. and the way that he looks. Because when he was in the WWE at the beginning, he was chubby. Right. He was a chubby Islander. Yeah. And I promise you his confidence is there because he looks and he's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you. He's ready to go. Because he ain't that good of an actor. I promise you, Rock, you're not. You're, you're not freaking, you're not Al Pacino, which what? I do respect you and I do love you. And you are a huge inspiration. But come on, he's getting those parts because he's freaking jacked. Yep. He's not freaking coming out of freaking some freaking Juilliard freaking being like, uh, you know, like some badass Dancing actor. Around. But he's got a work ethic. He's the hardest worker in the room. Yeah, so yep. all his success yep. is well deserved and earned. I get that. I love yep. that about him. But. He, he, he's in love with his body too. And he's, he's there to inspire people that you can do it. Now, yeah. does yeah. he have trainers and nutritionists and people to do this and that? Yes, but he's earned that. He's right. worked his butt off to get that. Right. He's simply showing you that no matter who you are, you can, you can do it. There's things you can do. There's things doubt. you can do. Without a doubt. hundred percent. Yep. Sierra strength and speed. Rob Knatzer. 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 <laughs> I've known you for over a year now and I still, Knatzer. 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 It's just that easy. Is there anything that people can look up to? You can go to Instagram. It's Sierra Strength and Speed as Triple yep. S. You can look at yep. some of these exercises. SierraStrength.com. SierraStrength.com. I think mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to be showcased in a video on the Instagram. Yeah, if I get my shit together. It's kind of perfect form, though. It was perfect. Perfect form. Perfect. I'll, what I'll was my saying yesterday? Caption. That's effing perfect form or whatever I said you need to make a shirt on. I don't oh, want yeah, to. yeah. That was two days ago. Or, yeah, it was, it was just perfect form. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to This Life Ain't For Everybody. We'll be back with another episode with Rob and SSS talking about some of the notes we took today. Get something out of it. Implement it. Develop good habits. Um, we can all do it. It's, it's a grind. But, man, I'm telling you, hard work in the gym, you cannot replace it. If you want to look good, feel good, have core strength, have a good base, have that lean muscle mass, that tissue, nothing replaces. Nothing will do it. You can't go in and get an operation to replace the hard work in the gym. Is that fair to say? Very fair. You and, have and, to put in the one time. thing you didn't say, increase your longevity. Increase your longevity. If have a, I have, have my wits life. about me. Have a good life. I want to live until I'm 150. I want to set the new Guinness Book of World Records. As long as I can think on my own yep. and wipe my own ass, I want I to be able to live and be strong. Les Nesbitt is a walking proof of this. You've heard him on this website. You've met him at my dinners. He j he's about to turn 83 in two weeks. 
you cannot keep up with this man in the marsh, on the mountain, or in the gym. And it's, he owes it all. He had, he had a heart attack when he was 65, and he started working out. And he continues to work out, and, be, and he's lean, and he's still doing it. John LaMonico is another friend of mine that's 93 this year, and will tell you that physical exercise is key to your good mindset, your confidence, your, your longevity, like Rob said. We'll talk more about that later. In the meantime, listen to this song, Leith Lofton. What you gonna do when the money's all gone? We're all equal, that's what I think. I don't believe heaven has a bank. Make good use of your time on earth and don't make a dollar bill all this world. Cause I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul. Life on earth won't last too long, so what you gonna do when the money's all gone? I'd rather be poor living off in a hole than rich as hell without a soul. Life on earth won't last that long, what you gonna do when the money's all gone? Say life on earth won't last that long, what you gonna do? The money's all gone. 